Hey guys, I hope you're having a amazing Saturday. Uh, I wanted to get on here today. It's been a while since I've done like a, a live stream. Um, and the, the story that I want to share is uh, yesterday I uh, presented my story of childhood trauma and severe mental abuse at the hands of a caregiver uh, at our suicide prevention awareness training. It is the uh, first time I've ever done something like that. Um, I've only really done a couple in-person uh, presentations. Uh, I have noticed that by being a podcaster, I'm better at doing briefings like in our commander's update brief, but to get up in front of people and talk about something that's so um, difficult to talk about uh, was, was incredibly hard, but I know that this is sort of the next step in what it is I'm doing, what it is I'm about. And, um, so we, we had the training yesterday and I was the second, uh, training to come up. So I was kind of nervous just sitting there waiting and waiting. And I had the speech in my hands and I come up and I ask everyone to kind of come up and be a little closer to me because we're all spread out in this big auditorium. And as I start to read uh, after the first page, I saw that my second page was completely missing. And so I jumped uh, right to the third part of the story. And I just had to kind of wing it and, and remember in my mind some parts of the story that I, I didn't include. But it was, it was, it was very difficult because it was already something that I was very nervous about sharing. Um, but I got through it. I uh, had to leave early because uh, I'm still a little bit sick and I didn't want to, uh, I was still trying to social distance just because I have a little bit of a head cold and uh, not sure how it went over, uh, but I hope it went well. And uh, a very uh, dear colleague got a few photos of it. So I'm intending to take some of those images and make this into a blog. But what I wanted to do today was just really read the whole thing uh, for you guys. And hopefully it gives you the courage uh, to share uh, about a time that you've had an adverse experience. I know that for everyone, it's not going to be something with their parents. It might be something uh, in a workplace environment. Um, it might be a traumatic car accident, or it might be even physical and sexual abuse. But I do believe that sharing about these stories uh, helps us know that we're not alone. It destigmatizes these issues, and it helps us as a society have a national conversation about uh, trauma and trauma-informed leadership, which is something that I'm very passionate about. Um, as we go into our organizations, we understand that we're going to have people who work for us who've had uh, severe trauma. So I'm going to read my story, uh, and I hope that it provides you some healing. I hope it provides you some clarity, and I hope that it will give you the courage uh, to share your story uh, with others, and even if it's not maybe through a podcast, but maybe just with your friends or your family or people around you that you're close to. So here goes. When you are a child, you have no choice but to depend on your parents for survival. This was drilled into my head multiple times by my therapist so I could understand why I kept hanging onto the crumbs my mother tossed at me. It's why I cherished our deep conversations, our intimate connection, and our amazing relationship when it was on. She could be so charming when she felt like it. It's why nobody saw around me or around us, my brother as well, what was going on or the extent of it. There were no physical scars and all of my material needs were met. People just saw an incredibly kind father, who he is, and a charming mother. They did wonder why I was always grounded in my room, however, often for months at a time. I must have been that bad, they figured. 
My dad was my first podcast guest, and I idolized him as my savior from her. He was kind to me, and he was the buffer when I could take him away temporarily from doting on her. I only wish that he had stepped in. After all, he saw everything. All my mother's temper tantrums, her histrionics, her blame. Uh, but he never went past his role as an enabler. He did nothing, no matter what I would say to him. There are even times, and I didn't put this in here, where he would be played against me by her. And I felt like I was always in a competition about who was going to get more of my dad's attention. Others outside the home, nobody knew. I, nobody knew that my brother knocked my mother out with a closed fist when he was just 13. I believe he was on a path to kill her, as was I, and we both entertained thoughts of killing her. And that's why I have empathy for children who do so. Those outside the family did not know that he was shipped off to a military school and stayed away because he fought my mother back and he was getting into fights at school. Appearances were very important in the Pickard household, so nobody was close enough to intervene. And even if there was, after all, this was mental abuse, uh, nothing physical and nothing sexual. And hi, Aziz, I see you on there. So here I was left in this hellhole of a home in constant fear of my mother's wrath, hoping for the next time she'd choose to be kind because she really was amazing when she's kind and she still is. My brother had been my occasional protector and sometimes bully, but he was away at boarding school, unable to take some of the heat off of me. And since this time, he has acknowledged that he bullied me and he has apologized and owned it. I always thought I was the problem when my mother withheld love, called me fat, say I was dumb, criticized me endlessly about everything, and often give up on me when trying to teach me something. Growing up, I'd go days and weeks grounded in my room, left to rot. I'd turn inward, watch TV, read books. I would even write letters. I remember writing a nursing home, uh, a bunch of letters, because I just thought about all those older people that were just stuck there like me. And so I wanted to write them letters and be some sort of comfort for them. It's why I blame myself when she told me as a baby after my adoption at one month old, I pulled away from her. I believed her lie that I was inconsolable and that rift in our relationship was our fault, was my fault. And looking back after I wrote this, I thought maybe I did pull away from her. Um, adoption trauma is real and abandonment is real, even from a birth mother to a child. So at this point, that could have been true, but I still believe that it was on my parents to get that help that they needed to deal with that. But instead, I internalized this shame and often thought that I wasn't, because I wasn't beaten or molested, my childhood wasn't that bad. I mean, so many have it so much worse. I only learned later in therapy and doing self-help research that this comparative suffering helps us further shame ourselves. We always think that someone else has it worse, but sometimes thinking about that doesn't really make us feel any better. And it's why I became deeply insecure most of my adult life. I was addicted to friends and lovers who also doled out crumbs like her, even coworkers. If I thought I could win over a coworker, and they gave me the hot and cold treatment, uh, I would always just wait for the time and they would be nice again, not even realizing that I was really just playing out this dynamic. It's what I knew, it's what was familiar, and what I was subconsciously drawn towards. And thanks, Dave Snell. I know you've had some similar experiences, and I look forward to hearing more about your story. My success in the Navy was another drug for validation that helped me feel okay. Alcohol did the same. See, a child only knows to do whatever it takes to keep their abuser happy, and it's why we become people pleasers. It's why sometimes we become abusers ourselves as we don't understand the ramifications of generational trauma. It's why medication fails. I believe it only numbs the pain, and I believe that the symptoms such as anxiety, depression, ADHD, and even alcohol and drugs, they all are just symptoms of the root issue, which is the non-processing of that pain. And it's why some of us even become suicidal. 
Treatment for these symptoms with pharmaceuticals is often not enough if the processing and making sense of the abuse doesn't happen. And this was huge for me. If we don't understand that it was not any of our fault that this happened. When we don't make sense of this childhood wound and ultimately understand that nothing's wrong with us, we're not stupid. We don't deserve to be endlessly attacked and criticized. The lack of understanding and processing is why I developed the unhealthy relationship with alcohol. I'd soothe my hole in my heart. I was unconscious to all of this because I never got properly treated for what is called complex trauma PTSD. And when you are a child, you need your parents for survival. But as an adult, you must recognize when an unhealthy person is pulling you into this never-ending hamster wheel, this dance with the devil. And guess what? You can intensively work on yourself and you can choose to get on this on and off again cycle, break free of these toxic relationships and choose to live and love differently. I do own the ways in which I carried out this cycle and the ways in which I abused others as an adult because of my trauma. And I own it and I played into that problem. Instead of ruminating on the pain and furthering your addiction to the trauma, you must separate yourself emotionally from narcissistic coworkers and, and bosses with polite professionalism. After all, you're stuck with them. Employ those short and respectful responses. Sometimes you can't quit your job. And you can display no emotional reaction to those who know your triggers and intentionally try to stoke them. You can develop empathy for parents who mistreated you and maybe in time even forgive them. That's what I'm working on in the moment. Um, I have forgiven my parents and I hope this will be the inspiration for you to have the courage to do the same. And I know that I have a long road ahead of me in continuing my healing, but I recently completed intensive therapy. I was there for about five or six months. Uh, every single Wednesday I went down to London and I had an amazing therapist who had over 30 years in treating trauma and had seen cases like mine over and over and over again. And I felt 100% safe with him and was able to really process what had happened and make sense of it. So now the work is on me to integrate and internalize what we discussed in all those weekly sessions. And he not only gave me tools for what it was I was doing to make, to doing to keep the cycle going, he gave me tools for in the moment, how to respond. So tactical uh, tips that have, radically changed my life and my relationships. So today, I already feel a weight has been lifted, and I hope this testimony will encourage you to get the support and help that you need as well. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I hope that this provided you some comfort, some soothing, and some support. Thanks, guys. Bye now.